Broadcasting live from the Loading Ready Run orbiting underground moon base, it's the Lurcast. This puts me in mind of a three ring circus. Nice. That was the best I ever could have. I'm never going to come on one of these podcasts again. I've reached my apex. It ain't going to get I, better from here. I don't believe you. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Loading Ready Run uh, podcast. Uh, I am Graham. I am Paul. And I am your musical guest for tonight, Kathleen. Uh, James can't be with us today, but uh, that's okay. Quitter! That's okay because he sucks. Because he's yes. a quitter. Yeah. Um, Next time you see James, tell him, you filthy quitter, how could you? You've disappointed us. <laughs> I love that. He has to edit this. Ha ha! <laughs> It'll be next time you see James. Tell him he is a nice man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna do uh just a quick little lurecast uh, this week, just talking about um a couple videos and then uh, taking your questions. And the first video we're gonna talk about actually is um the stuck up, which um we should actually have had Bijan to talk about this. Now that I think about it, mm. but he works today. Perhaps we can get him to record something to stick in. Mm, maybe we'll just. Have one next time. That would be a thing we could do too. Yeah. Well, well, we won't talk about the writing of this because he wrote it, but let's talk about the filming of it. This was uh, we filmed this out at uh, Uvic in uh, area you may have seen before in previous videos. Uh, we this is, of course, <laughs> typical for us. Uh, this was we wanted to shoot it in the dark because it was like a stick you know. up. And so we waited until it was starting to get light more often and starting to get towards summer, which is how we typically do things in Loading Ready Run. And so we had to wait around for quite a while for it to get dark for us to actually shoot this. But uh, I was very happy with how it turned out. I think it, uh, I think it was good. Yeah. I, uh, I, was, I was really pleased with how, uh, with how it looks as well because we, we were trying to find a place that had light. Mm. <laughs> uh, and the lighting actually worked out really, really well. I think it looked good. Mm-hmm. And it was also super windy. Oh, my God. So windy. But we went to a place called a breezeway. And it was actually really sheltered. <laughs> it was actually incredibly sheltered. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was a little worried. I was like, why are we going to somewhere called a breezeway? But I thought it might have good lighting, and it did. So yeah. And it, and it had like a nice little like a pillar for beach to jump out from behind. Part two of Lur's crime triptych uh unintentional yeah, by yeah. The way. Uh, unintentional crime triptych but this is basically paul and i acting like the worst people the worst <laughs> i like that i i think some of the comments talking about like these are like some of the worst characters we've done like least likable characters <laughs> oh, yeah we've done. but considering that these are the people who are being robbed yeah like that 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 the somehow the uh uh, the robber actually comes across as quite sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... I find that very funny. I also like. Uh, I think I don't think a couple people clued in as to why the ending was as horribly cliched as it was, because it was supposed to be. Yeah, it was like, super cliche because the whole that's what the whole video is about. Yeah, the whole the whole video like it's a wonderful like uh, twist that the whole the, the whole f- framing really of the video and the whole sort of overarching plot is like bumbling guy nurtured and helped along and uh, by two sort of mentor figures. 
and in, then who goes on to success is like a hugely cliched storyline. In, in Beach's original script, he actually he was like, you know, like they wa- do like a walking off into the sunset shot. The music swells. Yeah. Can we have curtains closing? Yeah. <laughs> you and know, we're like, like really sell this. Yeah. It's, I, I I like that. Although the the a lot of people's responses to this were like, oh credits, how cliche. Yeah. <laughs> like people were getting into the. Uh, it's like oh, just telling us the names of everybody who is in it. I like that. That's that been good. done before. Yeah. And of course, the uh, lady that Graham is work- walking down the breezeway with in the stinger is oh, our yes, friend Maya, who yeah. was booming the video. Uh, and that thank was, goodness. Yeah. Yes. We had to we had to yes. put out like Here's a last minute. Boom call. Yeah, we had to put out a late night call being like, who's free now? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, we could have done it with the four of us, but it, or, it would, would have been, been very, very stressful. Very awkward. Uh, but Especially since there is a lot of dynamic stuff in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh, having a separate boom person allowed us to do like dynamic moves. Um, but We wouldn't have been able to do any shoulder shots. Yeah. Mm. But the uh, I think just from a purely silly point of view, I can't think of anybody that is funnier to be your girlfriend considering Maya is like wee. She's tiny. She's a very short person, yeah. She's like 5'2", I think. From a, I think so. From a, speaking of those sort of shoulder shots from a shooting standpoint, I was personally very, very pleased uh, with the shot where it moves from one over-the-shoulder setup to another mm-hmm. where when Beige takes you hostage, it's mm. the shoulder shot of you and Paul. Mm-hmm. And then I turn 90 degrees as Beige grabs you and moves. And then it ends with a different shoulder shot. Yeah. But still without crossing the stage line. I just thought it was neat. Yeah, no, you did a really good job of shooting that. It was it came together really smoothly in the editing, which was nice. Oh, good. Uh, the, uh, the, I, like, I mean, the, the video is like fairly self-apparent, but my favorite part was when I'm like pushing uh, Beige's robber character over to Paul's character. And I'm like, no, take him hostage instead. Uh, we were like, you know, going to do the scene and get to like figure out the blocking. And then I was like, actually, no, Beige, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to wing it. And then you can be as surprised as you should be. And <laughs> I'll just shove you. And he's like, uh, okay. And I think he looks like, what the hell is going on uh, in I the final shot? Really well. So yeah, so that was a one take job, which normally we don't do, but I think it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beige did an excellent job of emoting while wearing a ski mask, which is not easy. No, mm-hmm. it is really difficult. He was originally going to take that off halfway through. Yeah, he I was originally going to take it off. But, but it was cold. It was also really cold, yeah. <laughs> Smart. That's why Smart. I'm wearing a pair of yellow pants and a like a mustard-colored cardigan because I had just bought that cardigan uh, like that day at Value Village. But the thing is, uh, the cardigan I originally wore is what I'm actually wearing if you're watching this podcast, which is very nice but very thin. It's like a summer cardigan. And I knew we are going to be filming outside for a... You know, extended period of time. So I was like, I don't even care if this doesn't go under my jacket. I don't care if it clashes with my pants. I'm not freezing for an hour outside. Yeah. Um, and it was at least I don't know. Was, uh, we were actually very efficient uh, filming that video. Uh, I nicknamed Paul and I the Nailed It Twins because we were just like firing <laughs> through our lines. Uh, but uh, we were still outside for at least an hour and a half, probably. Yeah. Also, we we went through a a series. We didn't have the script printed out, <laughs> and so we went through. And for some reason, I get because it was late. Uh, like everybody's phone was at like five percent at that point, and so we like I was reading the script off my phone, and then it died, and it's like, all right, who's got a phone? And all right, my switch, phone and my switch to died. a different phone, and then another one died, and so we went through like three phones throughout the course of the shooting, yeah, just reading the script. Luckily, I still <laughs> had it up on my iPad, but it was like also low on battery, and I was like, come on. <laughs> Beej had left his phone in the car, and so his wife Heather texted me, being like, "Is, is Beej with you?" And I responded, "Yup." And then my phone died. <laughs> so I'm like, "Yup." 
That's all you're hearing out of us. Yeah. I look good that you didn't have a longer message or else I wouldn't have even done that. Yeah. Anyway. So um, we've got some, there's some loading times for other, for other videos that uh, apparently haven't, we haven't actually put up yet. But we will. So we're not going to talk we will. about those. So we'll go into some Askler, which we have just put out a call for on our Twitter. Uh, Sam asks, do you guys watch any eSports? I sure do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I I mean I, I like I watch it. so this is not strictly esports but I watch a lot of people streaming magic. And the reason I say that's not necessarily esports is cuz it's not it's like it's not comp- they're, they're you're, not you're just watching them playing their game. I mean technically they are competing with other people but it's not in a sort of like an official kind of scenario. Although when they do uh online tournaments that's and, true, stream, actually. and stream I guess, them, I also watch those. I, I well that, yeah, I mean I definitely watch when they do like the the pro tours and stuff but those aren't esports because those are no no paper but, but, magic but, but they do occasionally like when the like the mocks and stuff no that's true mm-hmm. that's true i guess when i'm if i'm watching like if i'm watching kenji play in like a daily event i guess that's you know sort of getting there but i've, I've also gotten i've also become a big fan of watching um professional level starcraft uh, i've been watching a lot of the gsl which is the global starcraft league and the gstl which is the global starcraft team league because um, they do uh they they do every night at starting at around, they start at around two a.m. Oh, our that's time. Prime time programming for you. It's prime time for me. Yeah, <laughs> so that's when I'm doing like really late night editing. I'll be like, "What time is it? Oh, hey, cool, sweet. The GSL is about to start." So the I'll... sort of heavy workload we've been under recently has caused Grim to go back to his natural sleep cycle. <laughs> of a, that, that of a troglodyte. <laughs> yeah, no, that of a bat. Right, yeah. you are a completely nocturnal creature. <laughs> Like, it's like 19 degrees outside today in Victoria. It's so nice. And I'm like, it's so nice out. And Paul's like, it's really nice. And Grab's like, no. I'm not super stoked about it being this hot. It's really warm. You said it was nice. I said it's it's nice, as in nice weather, but it's hot. Yeah. With the. uh, I've been really enjoying the. uh, Watching the GSL, some some really, really good stuff. And, uh, like, I will occasionally watch StarCraft streamers just like people doing their own their own streams of them playing um as long as they're nice (laughs) and not a dick which is sadly not as easy to find as you might think but i've been watching a lot of um his username is dim muslim um because he likes muhammad ali was where he where he got that name from originally um and he's actually a really nice guy and he uh walk he talks through his play and he watches the replays afterwards and actually like describes what's going on and it's really really nice and he's not a cock like some other people but i prefer watching the situations like the gsl where there's actually uh commentators and you're getting to see the whole the whole and they're thing. sort of explaining yeah they're well not only are they explaining it but they can see both sides of the map mm-hmm. right and so the, and they're they're doing good so it's more exciting so, yeah I, I enjoy watching that a lot um, next favorite cards against humanity story Oh, jeez. I don't know. There's a lot of them that can't really be told. I broke Ashley once. Yeah, there's that that one where Ashley was laughing so hard and for so long that it actually became a little it's like, "Jeez, are you okay?" <laughs> like, she was it like was, no. He was like, "I I I feel kind of like we should do something now." <laughs> it was uh it, uh it, um it was in a world ravaged by blank, the only solution is blank. And uh my submission was in a world ravaged by teen pregnancy. The only solution is take backsies. Right. And it was just the right time of night that that that, that struck her and just, yeah. Uncontrollable that, laughter. That was fun. Yeah, I, I don't, I think a lot of Cards Against Humanity. 
they're not so funny to just be like, oh, I played these two cards and they were super offensive. Yeah. Some, well, sometimes like when you more see funny people in the situation, yeah, when like I'll sometimes see people tweeting like, look at this great one. And you're like, OK, sure. I, I can yeah. see how that would happen. I mean, those are both cards that exist in the game. But yeah. when you're playing it, then it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's cards all about get, the Cards the Against context. Humanity is a game better played than discussed, I think. Mm hmm. Um, if you were to, when, uh, actually at, uh, the Calgary, um, a guy came by with a bunch of blank cards against humanity cards. Oh yeah. Uh, and got us to, um, fill some out. Yeah. I did some of those at PAX. Yeah. So <laughs> who knows? Some weird stuff might show up. If you were to put the, co the characters from Commodore Hustle into a D and D game, which we kind of have done actually a couple times, uh, what would be their classes and alignments? I mean, the characters in Commodore Hustle are inspired by us, so it'd probably be similar to what we are playing. Well, let's just talk about what, what we're actually playing in Jer's D&D game right now. All right. Well, uh, in Jer's D&D game, I am playing an, uh, an elven uh, wizard. Yeah. I know. Like, super cool. Uh, we're in the, we're, it's a, uh, just for background, because I know that D&D fans will want to know this, it is a D&D Next playtest of the Temple of Elemental Evil. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, so, so our, we sort of had like some sort of pre-gen character classes assigned. So our characters were perhaps a little generic, but we're playtesting the the thing, so it makes sense. Your but class I've, might be generic, but your character sure as hell isn't. No, but my my character is an elven wizard named Pell, and he is uh, insane, but in a delightful way. Like he's been going around the Temple of Elemental Evil, uh, smearing unguent on his other party members because it makes them smell bad and it's funny. Uh, he has collected three goblins, which he has trained to worship him as a god. Uh, well, there were four. Or four, four, four. Uh, yeah, I it named was... them after monarchs, uh, English monarch, monarchs, Victoria, Albert, uh, George, and Elizabeth. And fittingly, Albert died first. But yeah. the other three have held on for like several games. Those goblins are not dying. Primarily, I think, because Jer and I have so much fun making goblin noises. Because they go... Also, they don't actually participate in no. combat. Or no, they only show up in like... Uh, in cutscenes, and we've managed. We've managed. Usually tormenting Brotor. We've managed to stop our bugbear henchmen from eating them. Good. Yeah. I would be cross. Our bugbears, by the way. God, let's see if I can remember the names. Desmond, Granville, Bub, Bob, Thweeb, and Thwab. Thweeb and Thwab. Those are mine. Bartholomew, and Ergatherb. Many of them are dead at this point. <laughs> A lot of them are dead. We have. We had. To, we had to go get more. Um. Um. All right. But anyhow, and. uh uh, so in in uh, in our D and D game, I I classify Pell as chaotic good because for the most part he's not a bad person. Although he's he's threatened several times. If everything goes tits up or he gets mad, he is going to read from the book that he has dubbed "Your Granite Friend Who's Fun to Be With," which is how to summon Earth Elementals. <laughs> our friend Jess, who's also in the campaign, figures that you're actually playing him more sort of chaotic neutral. <laughs> mm. Overall, he's good though. He's yeah. he's a he's he's smug and arrogant but usually right and then when i went up to, when i got up to level five i was like hmm which spell should i take and jerry's like well you know there's fireball which is traditionally very powerful but it's a little like you know it's just like a fire in a big area but lightning bolt is like a more directed blast i'm like i will take fireball and jerry's like i think lightning bolt might be more useful it's like i will take fireball <laughs> it's like can i make things go in flames a lot I'm playing a uh, human cleric named Steven. Uh, I had never played a cleric before. I'd always played uh, fighters, and I typically do in RPGs just because I like running up and punching things because it's easier. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll be a healer. We don't have one. I will heal things. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I wish I healed more and better, mm. but that's always the case. I do like my lance of faith attack, though, which is now 
uh, a uh, saving throw. I no longer have to roll to hit. I just oh. go. I just go. I lance you, and they have to save against my spell DC. Cause, yeah, because my spell DC is. They, they have to make a deck save against my spell DC, which is seventeen. That's good. Yeah, it's nice. I'm Paul. Uh, I am a dwarf named Brotor. Uh, fighter gone through all sorts of different iterations as the D and D next stuff has progressed, but at the moment. Uh, he has a large flaming sword and a shield, uh, and yes, he is quite deadly when he attacks. Oh yeah, Brotor he's, is awesome. Uh, Brotor, my, Brotor's general thing is he's fairly slow, so he and he almost not necessarily because of his stats, but just how I roll, he tends to almost always end up going like very low or last in initiative. And so his philosophy is he does not go first, but he goes last. <laughs> and last as in nobody does anything after him yeah, because I, everybody's know, dead. You know what, Paul, though? I just learned haste. Mm. So I can cast we so, a, so we can have Pell cast that on you. We had a giant exciting. giant combat briefly before we get back to Askler, we had a giant combat the other day and our where there's a bunch of different things. There was two bugbears, a bugbear chieftain, a warg, four ogres, and a giant. And um, our strategy in big group fights is work up, you know, mm. because they can, even the little guys can output plenty of damage. So we try to work up. So we, we kill the two bugbears and then we kill the chieftain and then we kill the warg in like one hit. It was pretty crazy. And then we, uh, you know, mowed our way through the ogres. And then Paul finally killed one of the ogres. I was like, all right, good. Like the, like the very last ogre. And like, or the last ogre fell and then it was, and then it was, uh, and it was Paul's turn. He's like, okay, now hill giant and roll to attack critical max damage just cut the thing in half just one hit and jared was like oh okay <laughs> yeah it was pretty sweet yeah although i have the, the question was about our commander hustle characters oh. and i know in the latest edition of D next they've added the uh gnomish uh tinkerer Ooh, as a class there you go. or no as a as a race which he can make like little uh, you can make like little toys and little objects and stuff. So obviously that would be Commodore Hustle Paul's class, I mm. think. Yeah, Commodore Hustle. That's true. Commodore Hustle Graham probably wouldn't be the cleric. And no. and Commodore Hustle Paul would definitely be some for some form of chaotic, possibly chaotic Ch- neutral. Cha- probably chaotic good. I think okay, Commodore Hustle Paul is always trying to be helpful. Yeah. But just it just doesn't turn out well. I don't know if any of our Commodore Hustle characters are really in the good spectrum. No. Though. No, no. I think like I think some of them are. Like I think definitely Paul's is and I think Cam's is, even though he ha- spends too much time hanging out with my Commodore Hustle character who's just the worst person. Like I really got to change that because like I feel it actually reflects negatively on me and that like people might actually think I'm some sort of like no it doesn't horrible person. No it doesn't. But I just love writing bad people. No more than no more than than people actually think that that uh, we all hate Matt. Yeah. I think we're probably all kind of in the chaotic neutral area. Yeah, oh, so. absolutely. Commodore, no, Commodore Hussle, Kathleen is probably chaotic evil. No, you don't no. know what cha- you don't know what chaotic evil means. Okay. You're not yeah. actively Neutral trying. Evil? You're not actively yeah, trying chaotic. to hurt people. You're just no. out for your own. Well, it's, it's lawful. If, if chaotic and what's the other one? If your Commodore Hustle character were chaotic evil, you would have killed the rest of us and be wearing our skin as a cloak. Okay, but it's definitely evil. No, it's not. You're not evil. All right. All right. Dear doctors, loading ready run. Who was the most responsible for the thinking up and creating of challenges for strip search, loading ready run, or penny arcade, or both? It was both. It was both. Yeah, we, we had basically like a big powwow 
where that uh, Graham and Kathleen and James and I and Robert and, and Robert, Josh. Yeah. And that and that's where we came up with sort of about two thirds of the ideas, I think. Yeah, and like sort of show structure and the like the how the you know, like the social event is a prize and then the competitive event gets you the immunity and decision mm-hmm. thing and all that and so yeah. And then and yeah, and then over we sort of filled in the gaps with one one sort of working out how many people would be required for each because that's the big consideration right is that how many people will be left and how many people can do that particular thing mm-hmm. um dear doctor or dear askler this is a question from zero have you ever had to scrap a video after you've already started filming it um ooh, ooh, i can think of one kind of this was years ago. This was probably still would have been our first season or maybe just into our second season. And this is, we were uh, trying to think of what we were going to do for Halloween, for mm-hmm. like a Halloween special. And we were like, I think it was just, because it was just a bunch of us hanging out. I, Bill was there. I remember Connor being there uh, and Morgan. And I can't remember if you were there or not. I think we were using, I, your, I, don't, I, don't I think, think we were using your dad's camera cause it had night vision. It was like the digital right, eight right. With, with like night vision on it. And, uh, we sort of came to this idea of like a, uh, some sort of like Blair witchy, but not kind of thing in the woods and monsters appeared or something and the thing is we didn't actually have a plan like we were sort of like oh let's do a video like that yeah okay let's go shoot it like we didn't script it or anything it was just with the idea that like we'll futz around for a while and then do something in editing yeah and then we so we went to we went out to like uplands park we went to like a park after dark and we had the thing and then you know there was like all right now do like this and like okay now i'm doing this now and i'm like all right now i i don't know i don't i guess do that and i and then like after about 15 20 minutes we were like we we don't have anything do we we like we have no idea what we are doing no okay let's just let's this, just stop. This, this, let's just stop this but i don't think this we've is ever, embarrassing everybody yeah i don't think we've ever done that again i can't think of another instance uh, i mean there's things where we've shot like a bit for a video and then we haven't been able to get the rest of the video done for a really long time yeah um and so i'm i somehow i think that there may be a case where we fully intended to shoot a video and we shot one bit for it and then just have not gone back to it yep i can't think of any offhand i can think of two one that we successfully did then shoot and one that we haven't Mm. so i I, I obviously won't talk about the one that we haven't (laughs) but the one that we did is um the beginning of commodore hustle episode six Six, I want to say the one that starts with like the Power Rangers thing, mm. oh and yeah, then it, and then it cuts back to us at an at a convention and Paul going, and that's how we make a loading ready run video, right? Uh, so originally you'd written that as its own video, right? Right, and we had shot uh, two parts of it. We at the previous year's same anime convention, we had shot that part of you going, and that's how we make a video, and then everyone in the audience being like what and then the rest or like are there any other questions and then everyone puts out their hand and we put up their hand and jerry's like why am i the bad guy we shot that whole section the previous year at the same anime convention (laughs) intending to then do that video and if you remember kathleen is the big floating head in the sky in that episode and we had already shot her big floating head bits as well 
Right, right. Uh, on like on the green screen in Moonbase One with like a green sheet around her. I'm so amazed we didn't lose that neck. footage. And no, no, we did. Oh, right. We had to reshoot it, but we we definitely shot your lines with the with and the floating head and never found that footage again. And then we re and then, so then we reshot everything. Once once we adapted it into the pre-title of an episode of Commodore Hustle, then we just re, right, we just reshot yeah. the whole thing. There's also, of course, uh, which there's a uh, tube men enter, which God. we never, never finished. finished. It's summer, Shh. summer again now. Maybe, maybe we'll finish it. Tim lives. Maybe, in, maybe. Tim lives in Edmonton now. And, and we're we'll busy. find some way. All right. All right. Next question. Okay. Uh, what's the card that you still and own that you neither mo- Tim nor Matt is here now. Yeah, that you most regret playing unsleeved in <coughs> in your youth. Soul ring here. I never had good cards when I was a youth. So I the- I did have a soul ring. Oh. But. <sighs> Probably one of the elder dragons. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, the big thing actually, I did notice that when I like looked through my cards recently, that I the cards that I had in my youth, uh, the cards that I had in like heavy duty plastic sleeves were largely worthless, and the cards that I was just had in my decks, uh, generally were much better. Like I had, you know, the like I had a wasteland that I didn't really know was a big card, and so it was just sort of around. It was just sort of in my deck. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't like damage or anything, but it's just... You could have been treating it a lot better. I was protecting the wrong cards because mm. there were cards that were valuable at the time, but then since were revealed to be shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it took me a sec to sort of figure out what this question was. This question from Carson. He says, a question of hair. Safety, electric, straight, or nothing? Different razors. Yes, right? it took me a moment, though. I use an electric razor. Uh, I mostly use an electric razor, although... Uh, sometimes I use a, a safety razor, but my skin, now that I've used an electric razor for too, too long, if I use a safety razor, it tends to be a little bit harsh on my skin. So mm. Someday I want to get like an actual... Safety uh, razor, I assume? Yep. Yeah. Someday I want to actually get like a, not a straight razor, but like, I guess a safety razor, not a, like, not, not a, like this, the old style safety razor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those are super sweet. Uh, James... Patton asks, I ask that you produce one final episode of Dust Fail House to give it the finale it deserved. I don't I don't want to say that Dust Fail House that is Dust done. Fail House will ever will never S- happen again. Somebody actually uh asked that at the um uh, at the panel at Calgary. Oh yeah. And we were like, hmm, in order to, we'd have to like go find the people who live in that apartment now <laughs> and like go back to that apartment. No, Fail House cuz Fail House uh, started in the apartment I lived with Matt, but I I kept doing it after I moved. Uh, to a couple different places. Mm. So, Fail House is not tied down to one location. Um, if you could get a major television news anchor to appear on either Checkpoint or Action 9 in a sketch, who would you pick? Probably the Silver Fox himself. Anderson Cooper? Oh, yeah. To give gravitas. Cool. I think I, I think there's a, there's a range of, like, um, feasibility versus, like, widestream recognition. Mm. Well, so I'd like say, at the at the I'd at say the, the Coops is at the far end of that. I actually think Brian Williams, NBC's Brian Williams, is at the far end of because he's also really funny. Yeah, that's true. I think true. He'd, he'd be at the far end of like recognition. He, like and, he's been on Thirty Rock. Yeah, too, mm-hmm. recognition and infeasibility. On the other end, um, Hudson Mack. Yeah, <laughs> local, local news anchor. Lo- local news anchor Hudson Mack. Uh, beyond that, I, th- I nobody would care though. Yeah, problem. exactly. I I'd care, damn it. Uh, beyond that, I think uh, I think. Probably the most sense for us as Canadians would be Peter Mansbridge, mm-hmm. mm. who's like, 
he's our national anchor. Right. right, like right. He's, he's he he hosts the national every night. So probably Peter Mann's version there's, makes the most sense. There's right. one of the more weird things that happened during one of the desert buses is I oh, somebody awesome. asked me to read out uh, fanfic of My Little Pony crossed with Rachel Maddow. And so what? her, yeah, it was like her as a pony. It wasn't like erotic or anything. It was just her investigating the pony world, but she was a pony. That's and weird. so <laughs> that's really weird. Having like Rachel Maddow actually there reading it out, I think would be pretty awesome. <laughs> wow, yeah. All right. And then maybe like last question, second to last question. Second to last question. Um, Mark asks, Paul, why not have an eye patch and a monocle instead of wear your glasses over an eye patch? Uh, because I don't have a monocle. I mean, I think it's a fair question, but a fair question with a very easy answer. And then you'd have to be like, you have to like squint with the mon, like you have to hold the monocle on your. Well, it's moot now, anyhow. Well, there's ways yeah. to get monocles to actually stay, but also uh, you'd have to get a prescription monocle. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so expensive. There's, there's a whole lot of reasons why that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and last question from Anthony: Excluding daily drop, have you ever done more videos in one week than you did this week? If not, how does it feel? Uh, wait, the last how many videos did we put out this week? A lot. The last two weeks, or two or three weeks in particular, have been very heavy, uh, just because of Jesus. Wait, no, we didn't do a we didn't do an academy video this week, but this week we did loading ready run, unskippable checkpoint, feed dump. Loading time, strip search, a, another strip search, now that I think about it, and daily drop, or not daily drop, <laughs> Friday nights. Yeah. That's eight. Oh, and then there's... No and wonder there's, we're tired. And, and Friday nights is 10 minutes long. And there's some weeks when we do three podcasts on top of that. Yeah. Which, if you count those, is up, brings think, it up I to think like it 11. says right on our t- TV tropes page. It's like, the, the, level of their, the level of their output is truly staggering. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, okay... Here's here's the internet business model is you don't get a lot of money for content so you have to put out lots of content to make mo- any money so we have to work really hard to do things like eat and pay rent on the moon base loading ready run quantity if not quality that's, <laughs> that's our watchword I feel like our I, 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 and I feel like our quality is pretty our good. quality is excellent I would hope so like, this yeah. is like those two like it's I think it's like the best episode of strip search we've done yet was the elimination number six we went up no spoilers if you haven't watched yet if you haven't. Please go watch it. Super good. I mean, um, it would help if you were invested in the show, so you probably want to go start from the beginning. But I highly recommend yeah. you watch it. Um, but yeah, and uh, the Friday nights is really, really funny. I, I think Friday nights is really funny. I think it turned out really well. Uh, so, so. anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, I guess we're all gonna go pass out from exhaustion then. I'm given, given for that. Relaxing Bye. Yeah. All right, bye everyone. We'll talk bye. to you next time. <laughs>